The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind. We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Welcome to the show where the game is fun. Chris Calvin now and George Howell are going strong. Stock killers, we're in it, so win it every day. We're gonna keep you informed so you don't miss a play. We're rolling the dice, taking risks, don't you know? We're betting on the market, watch it rise and it'll fall, yeah. Stock gamblers, we're here to make it big. Come join us on the Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing? What's going on? Hey, where are you calling from, George? Are you I am town? George Howell calling from Hershey, Pennsylvania. How about you? Uh, from Wallingford, Pennsylvania, I'm Chris Carbonar, borrowing my son's PlayStation headphones because I broke my headphones right before air. I, uh, I have a number of people who owe me a great debt. Could you collect that for me? <laughs> <laughs> or I could be Jake from State Farm, one or the other. <laughs> Oh, what is new with you other than headphone difficulties? Um, you know, it was uh not much is great. Not, I mean, not much is new. Things are just kind of puttering along as we slowly move towards more daylight and uh warmer weather. It's like 70 degrees today in February. So, uh let's keep that global warming. Woo! Oh, wow. Yeah, it got up to like 60 here in in uh Hershey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. Like 70 toward you. And I think it was 67. So, wow. Round up, you know. Not Absolutely. bad. That, What's uh, that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> Nothing new and exciting in your world? Uh, I got ripped off on eBay. That's about the only um, the only new thing going I on. Hear this. I want to hear this. What happened? So, I ordered a, uh, a pair of uh, um, Apple uh, AirPod Pro Gen 2 headphones. Yeah. And uh, the person sent me a uh, a counterfeit pair. So I, I got them. They sounded horrible. I'm I'm glad that they that I got ripped off because I got them and put them in. I'm like, wow, this does not sound very good at all. This is not what a a pair of two hundred fifty dollars headphones should should sound like. Mm-hmm. And I was really disappointed at Apple. And I, I had a bunch of problems with them. They weren't charging wirelessly, right? Which uh, I never, I never check headphones for that. Right. Uh, I, I never even use wireless charging, but for whatever reason, I did, and it just kept beeping nonstop. Hmm. And then the uh, the left ear kept draining in battery really quick compared to the right ear. Well, your left so, ear listens more. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's pretty much what I got from the uh, from the seller when I questioned it. Really? Like, oh yeah, everything's normal. <laughs> This happens, and it's like okay, whatever. So I, I, in the, uh, it was it was a really good knockoff because like the software part of it looked legitimate. When I went into the headphones to to control how they operate in the system, and it showed that it had Apple Care or a limited warranty up until like October. Mm -hmm. It's like okay, well, fine, I'll take it to Apple tomorrow. Uh And I bring it in, and the guy's looking at it, and he keeps on looking at it weird. And then he um, he puts the serial number into the machine, and it's like, yeah, uh, these these aren't authentic earphones. The authorities have been alerted; they're on the yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay, good to know. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm fighting with the person on eBay over that. eBay assures me I'm getting my money back, but the guy, the guy's being a complete dick about everything, mm-hmm. which is funny because if you're scamming me, you would think you'd be pleasant about it. Well, it might be the whole, if, if I, if I'm angrier than him, who might think he made a mistake and it was, <laughs> it was him and not me. Yeah. How dare yes. you call me out on my, uh, my tomfoolery, right? <laughs> yeah, they were completely uncooperative until I until I gave them a copy of the Apple report. Oh, okay. Did that change the uh, mood? Yeah, they yeah they they accepted my return request after that. Oh, gee, that was nice of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm uneasy about it with eBay. They want me to send it back to the guy to get my refund, and it's like, say, so you want me to send a counterfeit product back to mm-hmm. uh, the person who tried to rip me off to refund me and. And I'm oh. going to be okay about that because right Pretty now, honest. yeah, right now I have everything the police need. <laughs> right. Yeah. And my credit card company. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought anything on eBay in years. The last thing I bought on eBay was a uh, an autographed LP, autographed by Freddie Mercury. Oh um, wow! One of their Queen albums. Uh, what the seller didn't tell me was he signed it in black marker on a black vinyl record. So <laughs> you can see it if you hold it at a certain angle, and it's a legit. Um, autograph had a sort of authenticity, anything, and usually the right. one woman that works for the fan club, you could actually send her pictures of stuff before you buy it, and she'll tell you if it's legit or not. But uh, this was a black sharpie on a black vinyl record, so oh wow, <laughs> that's the last thing I bought on eBay. So all of the know. um, all the pictures behind me are signed pictures of actors that uh, that I got on eBay. Oh, okay, it all came one? with the biggest one so far on there. Oh, let me see. I have Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Bill Murray, Nick Cage, Bill Murray. Michael Keaton, and Jack Nicholson, Ooh. Robert De Niro, Robin Williams, and Matt Damon. Nice. So, uh, it's a good collection. Yeah, yeah. They all came with certificates of authenticity, so you know that they're completely legitimate, not uh, not someone that someone completely forged in any way at all. Of course. You paid, like, what, a buck each for them, so you know they're legit. <laughs> Yeah, 35 cents. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I used to I used to go on eBay all the time. I go back every now and then, but for the most part, it's all it, it looks I don't want to say like a meth lab, but <laughs> when you go on eBay yeah. now, it just looks suspect. I guess. It, it, Compared to Amazon or Walmart or Target, you're right. right. That it, it is the difference between getting my Adderall from a pharmacist or methamphetamines from a street dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good analogy. It's like the that. same chemical compound, but just a little different. Just a little off. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How about you? What's new uh, in your world? Oh, nothing, ma- nothing major. Um, went to a high-end restaurant on Saturday in Wilmington, Delaware. It's a place oh. called Har- Harry's Savoy. Uh, it was for my wife's birthday, but we took my son anyway because he's always fun to have around. And uh, usually he's really good at asking before you order something expensive. You know, <laughs> usually he's like, oh, I don't know. This is a little pricey. And we're always like, go ahead, get it. Hit This time he just goes, I'll take the Harry's special steak. That was like a $60 oh. steak. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, it was better than what I ordered. I ordered uh, seared scallops, which I love, but that was a that was a damn good steak. And I had a couple pieces of it and I'm like, yeah, I got the wrong thing. Oh, yeah, always- nice, really nice place. They got like uh, high-end cocktails, you know, that are... I had a ginger martini. It was really good. Um, I like the, 
I like the strong, expensive drinks because you only have one. You know, right. Good. I'm good now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we go to, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to a Devon. I don't know if they've had no. one in Philly. I know it's a chain and they have one in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they have one out your area, but that's like, it's a high-end restaurant where all of the fish that they have, they they have flown in. So you're, you're getting it within like 48 hours after it's been caught. Nice. Um, really good thing. But every time I go there, it, it, it's always really high end everything. But the, I always get torn because like, I know I'm going to have a really good steak if I get the steak, but I really want the seafood <sighs> because it's all fresh seafood. And the struggle is real. What about? Yeah. Surf? And it's like, but then if I get surf and turf, I'm just an asshole. <laughs> Why? That's, that's the perfect compromise. Uh, it is, but then you're paying through the nose because, like yeah. you said, it's like a $60 steak or $35, $40 fish or whatever, and then throw them together. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. how much am I really going to spend on dinner? Well, I mean, that's kind of like the whole allure of going to a place like that. You only go maybe once a year. I mean, right. the rich people don't, but we go once a year and it's like, just knock yourself out, right? Just get what you want to get kind of a thing. And then go like this later when you look at the bill. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what i do every time i get a check like that if it's big i'll, I'll get it and do <laughs> <laughs> oh the director f up noise i remember right, that. Yeah. you have fun somebody <laughs> yeah i did that one time in front of melissa's parents and they like they didn't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> well, they were probably hammered at the time so yeah she's like that um we can we can help you with that if there's a problem. No, no, it's fine. Oh, I said I was going to pay it, so I'm going to pay it. Right. It's like I knew walking in there it was going to be like $300 for four people or something like mm-hmm. that, but it's always great well, to make it for four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You want to move on with the news? Let's do some recapping. All right. The Federal Reserve's minutes from January 31st policy meeting reveal caution among officials against rapid rate cuts, emphasizing the need for convincing evidence of inflation returning to the 2% target. The discussions highlighted progress made on inflation, but noted its persistence above target that concerns premature easing could stall progress. Despite a strong job market, officials observed concentration of job gains in specific sectors, posing risks to overall employment outlook. Discussions also covered the Fed's quantitative tightening program, which some advocating for a slower pace of security roll-offs to ensure a smooth transition. Expectations for rate cuts have also been pushed back to June amidst hotter-than-expected inflation readings, with Fed officials urging caution regarding the pace of rate adjustments. This is something that I am caught off guard and completely shocked by. Premature easing, huh? That's honey. This has never happened to me before. Uh, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. They don't want. We don't want to be too premature with the rate rate cuts. I, I think they're pretty much saying, "Hey, uh, all all of you that think that mortgage rates are going to come down, and and all of the other random gambling that you're trying to uh, quantify as a metric into your business model is all wrong. It's going to stay this way for a while. So stop asking me. <laughs> that's I think what it sounds I, like. Federal Federal Reserve is going, eh, yeah, we liked Trump better. Let's get Biden out of here. Or I'm thinking it might be like a mom saying, we'll see. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, you know when we're going to drop the rate October fifteenth before everyone votes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. 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 <laughs> A shift in market expectations regarding interest rate cuts by the Federal Reserve in 224. Initially, investors anticipated a six rate cuts, but recent inflation data and cautious comments from Fed officials have led to a revised expectation of three cuts. Goldman Sachs, for example, now predicts four cuts, with the first expected in June, which we just mentioned. Comments from Fed Governor Christopher Waller emphasize the need for further inflation data before deciding on rate cuts, indicating the Fed's cautious approach, no duh. Despite market volatility, economists caution against reading too much into January's economic data, suggesting that markets may have initially overestimated the pace of rate cuts. Overall, there is a consensus that the Fed will likely wait for more economic data before making decisions on interest rates, you think? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> According to Yahoo Finance, Apple Inc. is facing a European Union antitrust fine of approximately 500 million euros due to a complaint from Spotify Technology SA regarding Apple's practices in the music streaming market. The EU's competition watchdog accuses Apple of unfair trading conditions by preventing Spotify and other streaming services from informing users about purchasing options outside of Apple's App Store. This fine, expected to be issued on March 5th, is part of broader EU efforts to enforce fair competition and digital market regulations, including the Digital Markets Act, which mandates compliance from major tech companies starting March 7th. Additionally, the EU is investigating Apple's decision to remove home screen web apps in the EU, potentially affecting developers' ability to bypass the App Store's fees. This scrutiny highlights ongoing tensions beyond between tech giants and regulatory bodies over market practices and user rights. So does this mean they're, they're, they're removing app, like apps from their home screen and now you have to pay to get them? Is that what people are complaining about? Uh, from what I understand about this, what it means is that in, by adding the app, the web app to the home screen, it would mm -hmm. be on Apple to make sure that the development for everything still works. So uh, Apple pretty much looked at it and said it just isn't worth the cost of maintaining this for other people and has dropped it in the EU. And Spotify is just being like a little bitch about it. Is that the... <laughs> so that, that part of it, uh, that part of it is unrelated. That part of it is Spotify... Um, Spotify is suing Apple because Apple takes 30% of all, all transactions that occur right. through their market system. So Spotify is putting up messages to try and get people to pay for their service on the website, not That's through uh, the iPhone. So yes. they, they want to make that extra 30% of the, the monthly charge. And Apple was trying to block them from doing that. Gotcha. Makes sense. Speaking of Apple, Apple has officially halted its ambitious electric vehicle project, a move confirmed by a source close to Reuters, make, marking an end to a decade-long effort known internally as Project Titan. 
Despite this development, Apple shares experienced a slight uptick of 0.7% in the afternoon trading session, indicating investor resilience. The decision to discontinue the electric car project comes amidst a challenging economic environment categorized by high interest rates aimed at controlling inflation, adversely affecting consumer interest in the higher priced electric vehicle market. This macroeconomic situation has led to a broader industry trend of job cuts, production scalebacks, and strategic pivots towards hybrid models by several key players, including Tesla. Apple's venture into the electric vehicle space was fraught with challenges, including significant layoffs and strategy shifts, even before the pandemic's impact on the automotive sector. The project's focus evolved from a groundbreaking autonomous vehicle without a steering wheel to a more conventional car design, emphasizing advanced driver assistance technologies. Employees from the now-defunct car project are being reassigned to Apple's artificial intelligence division, highlighting the company's continued investment in AI and technology innovation, despite the setback in automotive ambitions. How many times is Apple going to cancel this product? <sighs> Why do they keep going back to it? Like, I, I feel like it's been, I, I know that they've canceled this before. Mm -hmm. How come I hear about it every time they cancel it, but I never hear about it when they restart it? I don't know. I think it's because they want to surprise us with their great, their great new product. Do you, do you want to drive a car built by Apple? No. Because I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you uh, on a camera that is my phone, that is an iPhone. I'm talking to you through my computer, which is a Macintosh. I, I I want to drive a car built by a company that makes cars. You know, like like my my we're we're going beyond what works for my work, and and now my life is in your hands. Like I, I don't want to I don't want to test it. Yeah, yeah. A, a computer crashing and a car crashing are two totally different things. Right. <laughs> Berkshire Hathaway, led by Warren Buffett, experienced a significant share price decline of over 2% due to concerns raised after U.S. government indicated a potential lawsuit against its subsidiary Pac, uh, Pacific Corp related to the 2020 Slater wildfire costs. The development has momentarily slowed Berkshire's progress toward achieving a $1 trillion market valuation. The company disclosed the lawsuit risk, which involves an alleged failure by Pacific Corp to cover $356 million in costs from the wildfire incident. Buffett, in his annual letter to shareholders, expressed caution regarding the financial outcomes from the forest fire losses and the future investment landscape in the affected regions. I mean, th this goes back to the same problem we continue to have where uh, when when these utilities that used to be publicly regulated, right. um, they, they used to have infrastructure. And when you split them off and, and incorporate a fiduciary duty to pay sh uh, shareholders into that model, then people prioritize paying shareholders and not maintaining the infrastructure. Right. And they get rich on the short term while everything else falls apart. Right. Perfect. According to market watch, the potential return of Donald Trump to the white house is not going to happen. Could have varying impacts on different sectors of the stock market. Tom Essay, publisher of sevens report research anticipates that, Defense and bank stocks might see benefits from a Trump presidency due to favorable policies, while clean energy and international stocks could face challenges. Trump's trade policies, particularly his stance on tariffs and international trade relations, could negatively impact 
Chinese and emerging market stocks has seen during his first term. Additionally, Trump's approach to deregulation and fiscal policies might boost bank stocks by allowing them to hold less capital in reserve and potentially replacing Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, which could lead to a more um, dovish monetary policy. However, clean energy stocks might not perform as well if Trump repeals Biden-era policies like the Inflation Reduction Act, despite their growth during Trump's first term. Defense stocks, which thrived under Trump's previous term, could again outperform given his support for the sector. I don't know. Why do you think uh, Trump is not going to return to the White House? Well, he's currently only getting about, what, 49 to 50% of the Republican vote in the primaries. I mean, he's not packing him in like he was before. The The um, the charisma that was there before seems like it's it's not there. That, that's the polite way of putting it. How's that? Because I believe with every fiber of my being that Trump will return to the White House. Okay. All right. I think we should do a little side bet on this one. We we can. Um, well, my son's in agreement with you. He thinks he's going to win. So I, I think I think he's going to completely pummel Biden. Really? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't even surprise? think it will be close. You think it'll be that? a surprise? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. Do you think there'll be an October surprise other than Biden dying in his sleep? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just I think that um, people that were that used to really live for all of this and, and people that feed on the, the drama mm -hmm. have been starved and deprived of that for the past four years. And, wow, really? And they, That's they're, take. I think they're bored and they, they want they want the turmoil he's supposed to be boring <laughs> it should be yeah but i mean it it was a facet reality show now right it was a facet of every part of every piece of media uh i mean even on here we're, we're talking about it now we do deal with ec economics and it right, does right, directly right. relate to it but uh i i think that uh people people watch the kardashians <laughs> and, and yes. this is a part of it that's a good point. I, uh, what about the um, um, the Swift faction? You think that'll have any effect? I don't think enough. I mean, the real the real problem is the, these are two terrible choices. These are two yeah. terrible candidates. Yeah. Both of them look worse every single day. Mm -hmm. I question both of their cognitive abilities every single day, more and more. Mm -hmm. um, neither one of them can stay on task in their talking. Uh, they they completely go off in completely opposite directions, and and I, I think we're cursed for having this choice. And which whatever the outcome, we will get the president we deserve. Well, uh, that's a, that's a good. I think that goes harkens back to our our hero George Carlin. You know, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. He used to say that you know if you don't vote, you can't complain. And his attitude was no. If I don't vote, I can complain because you guys made the crappy choices. <laughs> we we have the right not to vote. Right, exactly. <laughs> According to MarketWatch, Viking Therapeutics Inc. experienced a significant surge in its stock value, soaring 121% to close at a record high following the announcement of positive outcomes from a phase two trial of its weight loss medication, VK2735. That's a cool name. I'm looking forward to taking it. Meeting. This drug, it sounds like an Orson Welles movie. This drug, a GLP-1 receptor 
agonist is being developed in both injectable and oral forms to treat obesity and diabetes. No suppositories. The trial success was marketed by its achievement of all primary and secondary endpoints, demonstrating statistically significant reductions in body weight across all doses compared to placebo, specifically patients receiving weekly sub subcanaceous doses saw a 14.7% weight loss from baseline after 13 weeks with 95% of mostly mild or moderate adverse effects being gastrointestinal in nature. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that VK2735. Looking forward to that one. It reminds me of a Lester. You remember when that came out? The fat oh, tree, uh, oh, oh, Alestra. Oh, no, this was the, um, you're thinking Ozempic. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> this was the oil, that the fat-free oil, where if you ate chips, you had a That's fecal right. urgency. And um, there was another, what did they, oh, anal leakage and fecal urgency. It actually said it on the potato chip bag. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I heard it worked, too. I heard that it, it, you did not gain weight because it did go right through you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I have found in my 40s that that everything I eat uh, causes those effects, but <laughs> it could also be the alcohol that, that could be priming you. <laughs> it, it's a lubricant. That's true. True. According to Reuters, Google Cloud has intensified its critique of Microsoft's cloud computing strategies, accusing the tech giant of seeking a monopoly that could negatively impact the development of emerging technologies, including generative artificial intelligence. Google Cloud's vice president, Amit Zavery, expressed concerns about Microsoft leveraging its historical dominance in software to establish a controlled environment in the cloud sector, particularly with its Azure platform. This move, Zavery argues, could limit customer choices and hinder innovation in next-generation technologies like AI. Google's stance highlights the growing tension between major cloud providers and underscores the broader industry debate on market dominance, competition, and the future of technological development. With antitrust regulators in the UK, EU, and the US already scrutinizing the market power of cloud computing leaders, Google's call for regulatory intervention adds another layer to the ongoing discussions about ensuring fair competition and openness in a rapidly evolving tech landscape. Did you hear the one about the pot calling the kettle black? <laughs> I, I mean... You have a monopoly. <laughs> yeah, Google. Google accusing someone of having a monopoly. That That's rich. Uh-huh. Like, and also, when, when does it end? How many times does Microsoft have to pay fees or settle this and that uh-huh. based on accusations of monopoly? Like, right. they've been through this a bunch of times. Uh-huh. I remember when Google first started their, their suites, everyone was using that nonstop. Right. I... I like it was taking away from Microsoft, and it wasn't until Microsoft put Office as a cloud-based service that it really started competing with Google in that space. Mm-hmm. So, build a better product. Like mm-hmm. that—that's that, all I would say is build a better product because right. you had this space and you lost it because you haven't done anything different for the past decade and a half. Makes sense to me. Reported by Market Watch, Intuitive Machines has captured investor action with its Odysseus Moon Lander, making the first American spacecraft to land on the moon since Apollo 17's mission in 1972. Despite encountering difficulties such as the lander falling on its side, 
The historical significance and media coverage of the Odysseus mission have reignited interest in in the space sector. Benchmark analyst John Sullivan highlights the broader implications for for the space industry, noting the ongoing renaissance driven by strategic national interests, commercial technologies, and programs like NASA's Artemis and commercial lunar payload services initiatives. Sullivan suggests that Intuitive Machines' mission serves as a catalyst for increased investor focus on space, underscoring the industry's potential for growth despite inherent challenges with plans for further missions, including IM2 targeting of the moon's south pole. The journey of Intuitive Machines underscores the evolving landscapes of space exploration and its appeal to investors. Who's your favorite billionaire astronaut? (laughs) Oh, there's one choice. (laughs) Let me think. Uh, Are you talking about Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or or are you talking about Richard Branson or I have all of their trading cards? I mean, how could one choose? I like Richard Branson because he talks funny. (laughs) I think he's the I think he's the one that would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, he's actually somebody who I think he he really was self-made, wasn't he? He was, and he's hated for it. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, Vir- Virgin was a big deal back in the day. I mean, that that is that is the greatest sin in in Europe, not or in in the UK anyway. Not to be wealthy, but to be self made wealthy. Oh, is it because of all the uh, aristocracy over there? Or the- I, I guess I I don't know, but yeah, if you're if you're self made, if you're self made, it doesn't matter that you're rich. You're you're. You're terrible because you you went out and earned your money. He always just seemed less douchey, if that makes any if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, <laughs> I always liked him. Reported by Market Watch, Broadcom Inc. stock reached a new high after announcing a four billion dollar deal to sell its end user computing division to investment firm KKR and Company. I think they had a song in the seventies. Oh, that's KC. Sorry. This division focused on scaling digital workspaces was initially part of VMware, which Broadcom acquired in November 2023. The sale has elevated Broadcom's market valuation, positioning it it as the 10th most valuable company in the S&P 500 index, trailing just behind Tesla Incorporated. The transaction expected to close later this year will see the EUC division operate independently under its current leadership and adopt KKR's employee ownership program. This strategic move underscores Broadcom's ongoing business optimization and highlights the significant value and potential growth within the digital workplace sector. I had Broadcom in the virtual stock market exchange that we have. I don't remember what made me buy it. It might. I think. It, I think it was one of the um, um, the quick picks, the, the quick pick things that we do. I and um, I, um, I I held on to it and I saw it jump recently and i went whoa time to unload this so i uh i definitely played this and and it t- worked to my advantage we can sell what we buy on our virtual stock market yeah you only have to have it for that week i did not know that hmm. okay we'll explain why i'm losing <laughs> according to baron's analysis both president joe biden and former president donald trump have led their economic victories and setbacks crucial for the upcoming election under trump the u.s saw solid gdp growth and a strong stock market but faced increased national debt due to tax cuts and spending biden's tenure has been marked by higher gdp growth 
and job gains amidst challenges like soaring inflation and continued high governmental debt. The economic performance under each administration, from the stock market achievements to inflation challenges, could play a significant role in influencing voters in the next election. I think Biden's big challenge is going to have to be how to figure out to how to counteract inflation if he wants to mm-hmm. win. I think that's where the challenge is for him. I mean, it's always the economy, stupid, right? I mean, that's what it all boils down to. I mean, pretty much. I got nothing. <laughs> According to Reuters, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Incorporated achieved its second consecutive record annual profit driven by the performance of its common stock investments and the benefit of rising interest rates on its insurance operations. The company's fourth quarter operating profit increased by 28% year over year to $8.48 billion, with net income for the quarter more than doubling to $37.57 billion. Despite Buffett's view that net results can be misleading due to, their, due to their inclusion of unrealized investments, gains, or losses, Berkshire Hathaway's net profit for the entire year of 2023 reached $96.2 billion, surpassing its previous record of $89.9 billion in 2021 and recovering from a $22.8 billion loss in 2022 amid a declining stock market. Holy cow. 20. Oof. Wow. Those guys are dogging it. <laughs> dogging it or raw dogging it? Dogging it, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad I'm spending $5 a week on Berkshire Hathaway. <laughs> they're 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 pretty stable investment. Yeah, I'll have 550 in like a week. <laughs> Reported by Yahoo Finance, Nvidia achieved a significant milestone by reaching a market valuation of 2 trillion dollars driven by soaring demand for its chips and prominent role in generative artificial intelligence. Uh, the company's market value surged by $277 billion in a single day following an impressive revenue forecast, marking Wall Street's largest one-day gain on record. NVIDIA's rapid growth over the past year has drawn comparisons to historical gold rush era picks and shovels providers, with its chip being utilized by major players in the AI sector, such as OpenAI and Google. Analysts highlight NVIDIA's unparalleled capacity to meet the escalating demand in the AI market as a key factor propelling its remarkable ascent, surpassing the $1 trillion to $2 trillion valuation milestone in just nine months, faster than any other U.S. company and in less time than tech giants Apple and Microsoft. Wow. It will not be long before they are the most valuable company on the planet. Mm-hmm. I really think I owned them years ago and dumped them. I can't. I, I, they were like a Motley Fool pick, like <laughs> probably I'm going to say 2005. I'm going way back. May not have been that far long ago because I know I had it at one point and I should have should have held on to it. You know, it's really funny when you think about it. Like, who would have thought that crypto mining would have led to this? All right, exactly. Speaking of Nvidia, though. Yahoo Finance reports NVIDIA Corporation witnessed a historical surge in market value, marking the largest single-session increase in market capitalization ever recorded, which I think we just mentioned, surpassing the previous record set by Meta Platforms just three weeks prior. 
<laughs> Lonely at the top. The chip maker shares soared by 18, uh, 16%, resulting in a $277 billion increase in market capitalization, bringing its total market value close to $2 trillion. The impressive performance was fueled by NVIDIA's strong financial results, particularly in its artificial intelligence technology sector. With robust growth expected to continue, analysts attribute NVIDIA's success to its ability to exceed high expectations, particularly in AI-related revenue, driven by substantial demand from major clients like Microsoft and Meta. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a strong company. Pretty much. I, I think it's probably... I don't know. What do you think? Is it is it too late to get in on Nvidia? That's why I'm doing the five dollars a week. You know, I mean, I did that with with um, Berkshire too. I I was thinking that you know because that's up. It's like something I would do is buy high and sell low. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. All right, checking in on last week uh, stocks would be. Uh, Airbnb. Did you you did not buy Airbnb? I said negative. You said negative. I said yes. And in the past week, I have had small gains on Airbnb. Okay, I'm trying to catch up right now. Train Technologies. We both picked that, and we both we both had gains. Okay, that's the only, that's the only one I picked. No, I picked one more. I picked aluminum. 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 Octa. We did not take at all and i have not checked mm -hmm. um really don't care <laughs> and then uh key corp both of us said no i am not mm -hmm. in the banking and illumina you picked and i did not how did you do i am checking it out right now you think i do this stuff ahead of time in pre-production you would think actually you know what i'm going to take a mulligan on this because i just added it before the show so <laughs> <laughs> all right so even if it did gain, uh, I wouldn't have seen it. And now it's time for Roll Them Dice, the game where we take five randomly traded companies and we decide whether or not on a whim that we will add them to our virtual stock market exchange. This week, the five random companies, Carbo, we will start with Aflac Incorporated. I'm going to say no. Aflac. You say no. Yes. No to Aflac. I will also say no. Uh, quiet, you. <laughs> Hit that stop button, too. Uh, Canadian Solar Inc. Shine in Canada? Sorry? Does the sun shine in Canada? Uh, only for three months out of the year. Mm, I'm going to say no. I am also going to say no. Um, I just want to know: are they are they publicly traded in the U.S.? Yeah, they're on Nasdaq. That is uh, that's interesting. Uh, do they do they do business in the U.S.? Because that sounds like blasphemy. <laughs> Can't find out, but we both say no. Yeah, Garmin Limited. Uh, is that the company? With the um, GPSs, mm, I don't know what else they do. Um, they also make wearables. Like uh, they're they've had a 
resurgence amongst like bikers and and stuff like that all, at least all my friends that are really into biking they all have garmin watches instead of bikers, apple you mean, bikers you mean click 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 not bikers like right not the harleys <laughs> yeah the the helmets and the span and the spandex and i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna give it a shot why not i will also gamble and say yes has corporation i'm gonna say no they're um, closing, aren't they closing up all their stations or weren't they just bought? They, they're they supposed to. From what I looked into for Hess, um, there are, they need to clear Exxon and a Chinese company, something to do over the oil rights. I have no right. idea what it is, but um, it, it is no longer up to them uh, whether or not they can merge with uh, the company that's buying them. Okay. So I am saying no as well. I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Index Corporation. I don't know if you're still using flashcards or not, but um, well, flash drives, flashcards. Yeah, uh, I, I read that wrong. So it's not even a funny joke. It's IDEX, I D E X. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm going to say no. I am saying no as well. Uh, they do what? They're based in Northbrook, Illinois, a publicly traded company in development, design, and manufacture of fluidics systems, optic systems, fire and rescue equipment, and other specialty engineered products. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of changes your opinion, doesn't it? A little bit, a little bit. Maybe I'll keep it for one of my picks. In you want to change to a yes? No, no. All right. I am going no as well, because that's what I chose. Exactly. Gotta stick with it. No flip flopping here. No Lindsey Graham here. So, um, if I told you that there was a really fun stock market virtual market exchange yes. where you could challenge your friends mm -hmm. and What's more importantly, game? try and get some clout bragging against how you beat us, mm -hmm. what do you think something like that would be worth? I'm going to take a guess and say, ooh, $6 a month, $7 a month, maybe I'd, even $10 a month. I'd, I'd be willing to pay $15 a month to play against you. $15 a month. Okay. All right. What well, if I threw in that in addition to that game that you could get the extended show of stock gamblers? Now I'm down $2. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Could I, could I change your mind? Five dollars <laughs> yeah, a month? Yeah, yeah, two dollars a month now. No, um, yeah, I would say at least fifteen dollars a month. That's some high quality content right there. Because for for just five five dollars a month, hell, that's the price of a cup of coffee for both of us. That is terrible coffee, but I I work in construction. I'll drink terrible coffee. Well, diner coffee, diner coffee is good. Diner coffee is delicious. You're right. Yeah, you are <laughs> absolutely right. We could both get a cup of coffee at the diner, which we bottomless. We most certainly will be doing in, in just a month, mm -hmm. uh, four or five dollars a month by joining the Patreon. You could get access to our virtual stock market exchange and give us both a cup of coffee for making this show. But you know, that's not all, of course. You'll also be part of our close knit community where we share extended shows and behind the scenes content. That is very true. And you're very true. Your support on Patreon helps us keep the broadcast running, the podcast running, and all the investment ideas or lack of ideas flowing. Yeah, we might have to close up shop if uh, if people don't help us pay for this thing. I know, man. You know, it's, it's expensive to rent studio space. I 
I went to grab my wallet the other day and a moth flew out. I haven't even seen a moth and I don't know how long I thought, damn, I, I am, I am now a caricature. So when you open up your wallet do the presidents rub their eyes, like, Oh, that's so bright. <laughs> yeah. I went, wow. I'm an internet meme. Ooh, we got coming up here. I would think what we have coming up is us checking in on the experts and analyzing their picks. I would agree with you on that one. Now, our buddy's over at Motley Cruel, Motley Fool, however you want to say it. Um, pronounced differently either cruel or fool um they didn't have an official pick this year but they did have an interesting article on axon axon reported um, fourth quarter revenue of 432 million surpassing both the consensus estimate of 422 million and its own guidance adjusted eps was 1.12 beating the consensus estimate of 0.85 investor reaction where the share rose five percent in after hours trading reflecting strong investor approval of those results marked its fifth year of at least 25% revenue growth, with software and services becoming increasingly significant, now accounting for one-third of their total revenue. Axon Enterprises' fourth quarter results underscore its robust financial health and strategic growth direction, potentially enhancing its appeal to investors interested in technology and defense sectors with a long-term growth perspective. So again, although the Motley Fools did not have an official Thursday pick like they usually do, they did suggest Axon is the next best thing. All right, good to know. Coming from Barron's, they highlight Bloomin', Bloomin' Brands, the owner of Outback Steakhouse and other restaurant chains, as an undervalued stock with potential for significant growth. Despite facing challenges like a 4.3% drop in U.S. traffic for both Q4 and the full year of 2023, the company's revenue grew by 5.7% to $4.67 billion due to price increases. Analysts believe that Bloomin Brands can regain market share through faster service, enhanced marketing, and leveraging its digital sales platform, which accounted for 24% of U.S. sales in Q4. With plans to increase marketing spending by $20 million and a $50 million cost-cutting program, the company is poised for growth, although analysts forecast uh, that flat sales for the current year, long-term improvements in marketing and operational efficiency could lead to mid to high single-digit sales growth. With the stock trading at about 10 times expected earnings, significantly lower than the S&P 500 average, Bloomin' Brands presents an attractive investment opportunity, particularly as it, becomes, as it begins to implement its growth strategies. What are your thoughts? Do you like Outback Steakhouse? I, I do. I have. I was just having this conversation today with a coworker. I have not been to an Outback in probably 15 years, uh, but I always liked them, and I always had great food there. But I'm also looking. They own Carabas as well. Carabas is one of my favorite. They're. Um, I wouldn't call. They're above Olive Garden because I think Olive Garden is terrible. Uh, they're not like a, a classy Italian restaurant, but Carabas is pretty, pretty darn close to being like a real Italian restaurant. I like them. They have bonefish grills, part of them as well. Never eaten at a bonefish grill, but I hear so many great things about it. So they have some really good names and under their belt. So 
Yeah, I'm, I've, I'm, I've never eaten a bonefish grill or Carabas. Uh, bonefish grill, I've heard, was pricey, but I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, Carabas, I they they advertise that they do like scratch cooking, right? Like they're they're mm-hmm. cooking from scratch, mm-hmm. and and it's interesting hearing that because I know you're the big Italian guy, <laughs> so for you to for you to stamp approval for that 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 means a lot it's it's decent food it's it, like i said it's not like gourmet italian all right it's better obviously better than olive garden one of the things i like about it it's at the closest mall to me which is the springfield mall and okay. um there's always a wait almost always a wait to get in there and they have a really really good drink menu they have a uh, um a sicilian wait a sicilian prickly pear margarita oh wow That's, pretty good i i would go there just for that so i like nice. yeah 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 outback is weird like i i never want to go to an outback but when i'm when i travel on business trips it's always where i seem to end up mm-hmm. it's usually like okay outback it's going to be affordable and the food will at least be decent i know yeah. what i'm gonna get you know what you're getting exactly it's it's decent steak it's not incredible steak but they're decent they they do a good fillet for the price. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I'm not I'm not surprised that they made money by increasing prices. That uh, that usually happens, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. How about that? They more profit when you raise the price. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. It's not a bad pick. I like it. Might have to jump on it. Speaking of jumping on it. <laughs> We're doing picks. Carbo, I heard you need a new set of headphones. Yes, I do need a new set of headphones. Speaking of anything that's uh, music or electronic based, my first pick this week is actually going to be Sony. It's kind of been a roller coaster ride of a year for Sony, a year to date, not a year. It's only been since February, or it's only February now. But the 52 week low isn't really too far from its current price, and it has a, um, a PA ratio of about 16.6, so it's under 20, so that's always good to know. It's right in line for a medium-priced long-term stock. Um, I was checking out Robinhood today, and 23 of their analysts recommended it as a buy. And, of course, they're a lot smarter than me because I'm a moron. So I figure it's a good pick for me. And um, for the record, though, I did actually pick them before I read about the analysts uh, suggesting they are a buy. It just further reinforced my pick. So I'm going to go with Sony for my first pick. And my second pick is Universal Health Services, UHS. This healthcare management company also owns and operates a lot of residential treatment facilities, drug and alcohol rehabs, and even alternative schools. Uh, Foundations was one of theirs. Uh, LifeWorks is another one of theirs. They've been in the industry for decades. And um, actually, it's funny. One of their rehab, they have a rehab place right around the corner from me in Chester. And Russell uh, Brand was there. He stayed, oh, wow. And he did his rehab in Chester, PA, of all places. <laughs> Why? The place I would not want to get sober. Exactly, right. Um, I mean, they've been in the industry for decades. And as a mental health crisis in the U.S. just gets worse and worse, they're always expanding. So as a former employee of one of UHS's subsidiaries, 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 one of their other businesses, I can say that they run a tight ship. So uh, compliance, compliance, compliance is their word of the day. So I'm going to go with UHF as UHS, not the movie by Weird Al Yankovic, UHF, UHS as my second pick. Now, I have. George we had it. Sony as one of our picks uh, not too long ago, and we yes. took a hit on that. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of going, <laughs> so, well, why not, right? For my pick, um, in a detailed Wall Street Journal article, 
and it was long. <laughs> Warner Brothers Discovery new CEO David Zaslav is highlighted for his efforts to mend the studio's strained relationship with J.K. Rowling's, the creator of the Harry Potter series. The movie comes after a period of tension arising from Rowling's controversial uh, comments on gender and sex, which led to a backlash from some fans and a distancing by key actors from the franchise. Zaslav's initiative involves extensive personal outreach, including a four-hour meeting with Rowling in London with the aim of revitalizing the Harry Potter franchise for future projects, notably a potential new TV series. This strategy underscores the crucial importance of Rowling's support for Warner Brothers, future plans, and the broader implications for the studio's success in the streaming area amidst challenges such as declining shares, and need for blockbuster content to drive subscriber growth. And I heard your sigh. Where does that come from? I mean, it, it's the whole thing about her her comments. Um, I, I mean, I, I I have a lot of personal experience with that, but I don't. If somebody's like older than me, okay, and they're not on board with everything in the LGBT community, I kind of give them a little. Um, grace, if you will, because you can't change 40, 50 years of thinking like that, right? I just, I mean, I mean, I don't agree with her statements, you know, but I don't have a problem with it because I think it's that. Ah, it's like, ah, just tell grandma to just go in the corner there. I know she's not that old, but you know what I'm saying? A generation, right. I think it's it's not as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. I don't have a problem with it. So that was why it, I sighed. It, it's a very complex topic exactly um there's no right or wrong answer to it it it, it and i it, it's really interesting to see warner or at least wall street journal addressing this as uh, them trying to uncancel jk rawlings uncancel i like uncancel that. yeah um from a personal standpoint i don't i don't give a shit what jk rawlings thinks in her crazy head right. Right. Um, I, I give it the same treatment as a football player. I don't care what you do in your personal life. If you're, if you batter women, you should be arrested. Right. Um, but, but on the field, I, I don't care about who you are as a person. You're there for my entertainment. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't, uh, and maybe it's wrong, but I don't care if you get concussions. I don't care if you get injuries. <laughs> I'm there to watch the game and the game you're only. And that's what me. <laughs> For for her books, I mean, she's she's a profound author. She yeah, absolutely has an innate ability to produce prolific works. Uh, her ability to write is, I mean, the the level of detail is the level of detail without making it boring is jaw dropping. So but, it's almost like Tolkien, but not boring, <laughs> right? But I I don't agree with her comments at all. Right, right. Uh, looking at it from a business standpoint. I don't know what other move Warner Brothers has that they can do. Uh, they're they they're not making the content that they should be. Mm -hmm. They've had complete miserable failures with their entire DC franchise for, for <laughs> movies. I mean, they talk about stink fest like yeah. they are just making mass produced shit. Mm -hmm. um, and and for Zack Snyder to go from the first Superman, which was good, to all of the bullshit that he pumped out. I mean, yeah. the, 
and then for everyone else carrying it on just to come up with complete trash i don't know where else they have to go other than than tap into harry potter Mm -hmm. that after 20 years and all the controversy is still generating tons and tons of dollars and you're still going to have new generations discovering it you know what i mean right that if it's that i'll be honest i've seen the movies i never read the books um i liked them i didn't love them but i liked them and i can understand why people especially kids love them so there's gonna be more new generations of kids are gonna be like oh you know my my older brother or my dad told me about harry potter and you know in in my opinion and i do like the movies in my opinion the books are way better than the movies typically that that, that's usually the way it is a very usually bad compared to the movie you know right i think of too many examples but i I will i will say on record seven was completely rushed and not up to the standards of any of the previous books by any means at all yeah i could see that but um yeah uh interesting but i i think it creates i i think this may be leaning into a harry potter tv series and trying to tap into um new new areas to expand mm-hmm. on that world especially the last game they made hogwarts legacy that was actually a really good video game from the, the few hours i played of it yeah i i think i think this is the only thing that can make warner brothers discovery make more money i believe that yeah i agree so that's my pick. All righty. Good All picks. Right. That will end it for the week. Thank you for joining us on Stock Gamblers. Stock Gamblers is hosted, written, and produced by this guy, Chris Carbonara, and me, George Howell. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters like Don Riom. You make this show possible, unlike Deadbeat's Tony Lindsay, who listened for free. To write us, you can email us at stockgamblershow at gmail.com. You can find out more information about our show at stockgamblers.net, including where you can subscribe, Tony Lizzie, to our podcast and where you can provide a one-time donation, Tony Lizzie. If you find value in our show, please consider joining our Patreon for just $5 a month. What's that? $5 a a month. A cup of crack for each of us. You can help support, I mean, a cup of coffee for each of us. You can help support us and gain access to our bonus content as well as test your stock skills by playing against us in our virtual stock market exchange so thanks for listening and keep on gambling this has been a winning moon production